Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Forever Family series, where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Now let's join him for today's message. I'm gonna invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter three. Now, this can seem very interesting. We are reading a passage where Jesus is in a house. He's teaching. We are seeing Mark presenting Jesus as this teacher that is unparalleled. He is teaching in ways no one has ever seen in all of the history of Israel. He is not saying, thus says the Lord. He is teaching with authority that even the prophets didn't teach with. But what we see Jesus doing is he is making a statement. He is revealing a truth to us for us to understand what it means to truly be family. We take family so seriously and we understand family because family, we have this background. We have this shared experience. We have this shared life. And even when we don't have what the normal family is when it comes to Father, mother, sisters, brothers, grandma, grand. We even form families around us that don't fit the typical norm, meaning we got homeboys and homegirls. We call family. Jesus here reorients what it means to truly be family. And he goes beyond what we would normally call family as my mother, my brothers, and my sisters, and he transitions to Our relationship with God determines true family. And in this series that we're going over, we're talking about forever family, is that we have to recognize that the church is not a building. The church is the people of God. And the church is not like family. We actually are. You've heard me say often, when you place faith in Jesus Christ... You are individually saved to be part of an eternal family. You truly are. I want you to know that the Bible communicates in so many ways to reassure us and to guarantee us that we are the family of God. And he calls us, even starting off as church, church, right? Uh, ecclesia. You hear these terms. Sometimes you may have heard some people on TV or you may have heard this on the radio and they'd be like, ecclesia. Ek means out of. Ecclesia from kaleo means call. It's the called out ones. Let me tell y'all something. That is not what ecclesia means. That sounds good. That's some etymology. You know, etymology will mess you up sometimes because etymology don't always mean what the word means, right? You know, if I say understand, if you look up under and stand, that's not going to help you. I say this because the word church means assembly. It means congregation. It means gathering. Why do I say this? In Acts chapter 19, verses 32 and 40, we have a crowd of people that are opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what Acts 19, 32 and 40 calls them? Ecclesia. 
So right there in the Bible, you know, ecclesia is not just a term reserved for Christians. What is reserved for Christians is that we are the ecclesia of Jesus Christ. We are the gathered people of Jesus Christ. We are the assembly, meaning we are those who come together because we have a shared relationship by faith in Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, I want you to turn there. John chapter 1, go over to the right. John Gospel chapter 1, some people argue that this is like the hinge. This is the hinge of the chapter 1. And everything kind of just really catapults off this, these two verses. It says that, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born, not of natural descent, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. You who have placed faith in Jesus Christ have been born into the family of God. And notice he says, it's not a birth by your own will. Did any of y'all choose that you was going to be born? I'm looking for one. I ain't never seen anybody that. You, you had no volition and make yourself conceived and born. It was nothing of your own power. He's highlighting this because he was saying that when we talk about saved by grace through faith. As Minister Jimmy broke down for us last week, this salvation we have is not something that we work for, that we just decide, you know what, today, I'm saved. You don't decide it, you don't work for it, you don't earn it. It's a work of God. And he says, but because of God's work, you have now been birthed into the family of God. Now, you might be thinking, like, what, is that, what does that really look like? Jesus had to break this down for Nicodemus. Just go over. Uh, you might have to go over a page in chapter 3. When he sat with Nicodemus in chapter 3, he said, uh, I'm going to read it. In verse 1, he says, there was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm going to pause right there. That, that response by Jesus seem, can seem like it doesn't fit. He like, hey, we know you from God. Nobody can do the stuff you're doing unless God was with him. Jesus replied saying that you think you see, you don't even see it. You can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. What Jesus is telling him is you don't even know what you're looking at. You think you do, but you don't. He says, how can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked, can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? That's a reasonable question. Jesus talking about you got to be born again. Nicodemus like, man, I'm a grown man. I know we can read these and we can get used to this, but let's, let's think about it. Jesus says you got to be born again. Nicodemus was like, mm, Jesus might be trying to be too deep right here. I'm old. That cannot happen. That is impossible. And that is something that Jesus is trying to drive the point home. What he is talking about is something that's humanly impossible. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Which is, whichever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whichever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be ashamed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. 
So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. This is what Jesus tells him. Born again, born of water and spirit, born of the Spirit are all the exact same thing. And what he is saying is, you keep on reading in here, he's saying, you must be born again, born from above. This is a new birth that is by the Spirit of God that you now are placed as a child of God. What about the child? I mean, uh, chapter 1. To those who receive his name, to those who believe in his name, become who? Children of God. Now, this is a unique situation here. Because children of God, we're not talking about just creations of God. We're talking about a unique relationship. One who has all the privileges that come along with being a child. You think about, I, I have children that we, now they, they go to school, right? I send lunch with my children. You know who I don't feed at school? Other people's kids. I got enough of my own. When you drop one of your children at my house, you know what I say all the time? Pastor Ryan, hear me say this, I'm going to treat them like my own. So I'm going to feed them like my own. I'm going to take care of them like my own. You bringing them in here with my kids, I'm going to treat them like my kids. Now, if, they, if, if, if you're not entrusting me with that, then they, they can watch my kids eat. Now, that's not being harsh. What I am making a statement and drawing a highlight to is that when you are brought in as a child, there is a nature of relationship that goes along there when it comes to expectations, response, and care. I say this because when we know that we are children of God, then we do have certain expectations. You know, my children, and if you're a parent, your children, they have an expectation and they never ask. One of my kids they never asked if I ever paid the light bill. They never asked that. They just have an expectation when they click that switch, the light to be on. When they open their fridge, the food will be cold. They just have an expectation. We as children of God, we can carry those same expectations that we have a good, good father that will meet every need that will take care of us as a father should. We carry those expectations. Why? Because we have that relationship. And it's not that we're demanding God. We're just expecting God to do what he said he will do as being his children. Being his sons, being his daughters. Why am I saying this? Because you, you may be in a state uh, of life. You may be going through something and you're sitting there like things may not be like you want them to be. What you can sit back and say is, what I, just be real. God is meeting my needs. God is meeting my needs. He may not be meeting your needs like you want them right now. And he may be something big, doing something bigger than you anticipate. But right now, if you're sitting here listening to me, if you're sitting here watching, one thing God is doing is he is meeting your needs just as he said he would. See, as a child of God, we, we got certain, you know, privileges. We got certain things that we, you know, we, we got access nobody else has. As children of God, you know you got 24-7 access to God. I remember it was an old story that somebody was trying to go see Abraham Lincoln. This little boy grabbed his hand and said, come on. They got up there and he was like, man, how you just walk in here? He said, oh, that's my daddy. 
And it's like, yeah, yeah, when, you, when it's your daddy, then you got a whole lot of access nobody else has. When you start to think about your relationship to your heavenly father, it changes the game. Because now you're going to walk with a certain kind of, you know, uh, confidence. Let's call it that. You're going to live with a certain kind of confidence. Why? Because you understand that I am a son of the Most High. I am a daughter of the Most High. And because I am a son or a daughter of the Most High, then I can stand on His promises because He's faithful. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Forever Family, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org, that's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org, to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. So we're, we're, if, if you start to doubt your relationship, remember, you're married into the family of God. If you start to kind of feel like, I don't really feel like I'm married. Well, they don't change the fact you married. Don't nobody care about how you feel, you are. <laughs> Sometimes you got to tell your friends that. Don't nobody care how you feel, you married, you better go home. If you, don't, you feel like, you know, sometimes as a child, you feel like, man, my dad and my mom don't care about me. They ain't, they ain't let me play no video game. They don't care about me. Yeah, 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 it does. Sometimes, it's funny. You watch kids, and like, man, I see kids do that, my own, others. And I'm like, man, we do God the same way. We was asking. We was working hard. God ain't came through yet. God don't care about me, man. He don't. You are a child. You've been born into the family of God. But then thirdly, it doesn't stop with just being born into the family of God. It doesn't even stop. There's another illustration that the New Testament gives us when it comes to us understanding the nature of being part of the family of God. And it's that you have been adopted into the family of God. Do we understand adoption? You know, when, 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 when someone, I'm talking about foster care, when you go through the full adoption um, phase, when you go through the full adoption process, it's a legally binding situation where that child that's adopted by that family has all rights and privileges, and that child can never be written out even at a will. That child is family. Sign, seal, deliver, stamp. And it's interesting when you start thinking about adoption. I remember uh, my old church back in Dallas, we had a guest, uh, guest speaker come in, and they had a number of children. But in between, uh, like the last child and the other children, they had this long period where they couldn't get pregnant, they couldn't have kids. So they thought God had said, okay, God's closed the womb, God said no more kids that way, but uh, you know, we're, we're in a position, we have means, so they adopted. So they adopted a daughter. And then a few years later, they had another baby. So you had their natural-born kids, they had an adopted daughter, and then they had a natural-born uh, son after that. 
And this father, he was speaking and he was saying, he was, he was, he was listening to his, his, his kids. They were all older now. They're adults. Uh, I think the baby was like maybe like 18, 19 years old. And they were having this funny conversation in the house about who was mama and daddy's favorite. And they were going through, I'm the favorite because X, Y, and Z. No, I'm the favorite because it is. Now, everybody know that I'm the favorite because I get, you know, and they were going back and forth. And then in the midst of all this bickering of who the favorite is, the adopted one says, y'all got it twisted. I'm the favorite. And they was like, yeah, you family, but, mm, you know, you kind of like JV family. You know. Right? Like, yeah, you family, but, you know, you ain't, like, really part of them, right? You know? And it was like, well, no, I, I'm the favorite. And all y'all really know it. And this is what she said. She said, all y'all could have been accidents. I was chosen. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, that's, that's the argument over now. Like, hey, hey, it's a, that's, that's a wrap. But what I love about that, when you start to think about this, and it was like, when you just think about that concept of adoption, that means a choosing, a bringing into the family. This is what God has described in his relationship with us, that while we were yet sinners, while we were apart from him, while we were enemies, he chose us and adopted us into his family. So that if you don't think God loves you, be reminded, if you forgot, well, you, I forgot that I'm his bride. I forgot that I was actually born into his family. Remember this, he snatched you into the family. He chose you. He's adopted you. This is why in Romans, and I want you to read, I, everything I say, I always want to go to the scripture on this. Romans chapter 8. I want you to go over in Romans chapter 8 and a couple of verses over in verse 12. We're going to read from verse 12, just a few verses. He says, so then, brothers and sisters... I love it. Family language, right? Familial language. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. You might want to highlight that. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. You know what all those, past, all those verses are saying? It's saying that you who have placed faith in God has received the spirit of God to indwell you. And that spirit testifies that you are a child of God. You have been received by receiving the Holy Spirit, a spirit of adoption. You are not a slave. You are a child, an heir, a co-heir. You know what's cool about being an heir? Everything that the father owns is yours. Don't ever think that you lack you don't lack anything you need. Why? Because the Father owns everything, and everything He has is yours. So anything you need, He has. Go to your daddy. Go to your father. You got access to your father. We have been adopted, and we are heirs forever and ever and ever. This is what it means to be a forever family. We're not like family in the body of Christ. We actually are. Now, the issue is, 
there are family squabbles, right? I mean, we, we, we come up with the term dysfunctional family because we do understand how families are to carry on. But yeah, we understand that even within our, this fallen state, you know, there are issues, there are problems, there are things that happen, and yet we still family. The same is to be recognized with even in the church. Yeah, even if we have issue, we seek reconciliation. We issue forgiveness. We fight for unity. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be highlighting each of these aspects of what it means to be the church, the family of God, the children of God, the body of Christ. All these things that's communicated for us to understand who we are in Christ and the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in and through us for the kingdom of God. But we don't do this alone. Remember, church is assembly. It's, 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 it's more than one. It's a community. We don't do any of this alone. There, there's, a, there's a poem that's, that was popular by our old football coach. He used to say, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's, it's these two stanzas that always got us. He, he used to quote it to us sometime before a game, and it would get us ready to go. When you think about, think about pack animals and how pack animals live. You know, like, like wolves, are known, like we have a term called a, a lone wolf, but we have that term because typically a lone wolf is, is stronger than most wolves, but that wolf doesn't last as long because that wolf is more subject to disease, more subject to sickness, more subject to harm and injury and even other predators solely by being by itself. So... One of the things they recognize is, now we don't have to really worry about that in South Florida, but you might be in a space, if you see one wolf, know that there's not just one wolf. If you see one, you got a problem. Because a bunch of them are, because they, 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 they roll in community. They roll with family. They stay together. There's this famous poem called The Law of the Jungle. Some you may find it as The Law of the Wolf. And it's the first two stanzas. It says this. It says, Now this is the law of the jungle, as old and as true as the sky. And the wolf that shall keep it may prosper, but the wolf that shall break it must die. As the creeper that girdles the tree trunk, the law runneth forward and back. For the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. Now, our coach used to say that. We was ready to go take on whoever. He would say it powerful. He was the strength of the wolf is the pack. And he was like, man, let's go. Why? Because we understood. We understood we needed a team. You can't take on another team by yourself, no matter how good you are. The saddest truth is within the church, we think we can, I don't I memorize enough verses. I done been to men's Bible study. I done been to women's Bible study. I've been teaching. I don't need to go to church no more. I don't need to hang around them people no more. I'm strong. And we find out you get beat up by the world. And Satan just smacking you all upside the head. Because you done got in your own power and in your own hubris and pride, you've thought more highly of yourself than you should, and you have Kick to the curb the family of God that God has called you to be a part of. Family is important. Now, we as Christians, wolves, that's not always the good metaphor to use because wolves, they, that's kind of, they, they come eat sheep. But I want us, yeah, I got my Bible, my Bible folks, they sitting there like, why he use a wolf? You know, Jesus said, watch out for the wolves. Illustration, right? Yeah, I know y'all be thinking. 
<laughs> what I want us to grasp is, if you notice the beginning of it, he says, the wolf that, o- that obeys lives, the wolf that does it dies. I, I love the phrase in there. It says, we grow in community and life pulsates in community. We, 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 we are encouraged, we grow, we thrive, being connected within the body of Christ. If we try to do this thing alone, our spiritual life goes into decline. And we look up and we can find ourselves further from Jesus and be like, how do we get so far? And it's like, Jesus, like, I didn't move, you moved, you drifted. Understanding your relationship as family, understanding our relationship as family is crucial and vital to us fulfilling our mission here on this earth. In every aspect, all that God wants to do in you, through you, for us, to us, through us, to the world. And we do this as true family. So yeah, I know we, we, some of us didn't grow up in the same area. Some of us didn't grow up even with the same native tongue. But you know what? When we said earlier, blood thicker than water, right? Blood thicker than water. We're family. Blood's thicker than water. I'm going to tell you about a blood that unites us, and it's the blood of Jesus Christ. And his blood unites us forever and ever and ever, that we're not like family. We are family, and we've been individually saved to be part of an eternal family. So may we fight for family. May we seek to live as family. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series, Forever Family, where we learn how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to donate to Point Ministries today and request your copy of the Forever Family sermon series on MP3. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.